0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Blue Note Podcast, episode number thirty-one. Ethan here, hosting today uh mike not with us for this episode but we have a guest host marcus ashpaw from the hockeywriters.com marcus thank you for coming on how you doing
1: i'm good buddy how you doing
0: doing well doing well um so we got i guess back to two uploads a week with this podcast so uh it's good that we can have somebody on when mike is unable to host tonight uh we wanted to get john before this anyway so i'm glad we could make it work here tonight um but we'll discuss a couple things here. Uh, obviously, the Blues coming off a win in Seattle. We'll get to that soon. Uh, give you a little bit about the Edmonton game as well. It's coming up on Saturday. Uh, but before we get into that, make sure you could follow the uh, podcast Twitter account at TB and Pod on Twitter and uh, all that good stuff as well. You could check all that out, uh, posted on there quite a bit. Lately, you could check out all of our work at thehockeywriters.com as well. I'll put some description stuff. Uh, in the description. I don't know why I said description stuff. That was kind of dumb, but uh, you know, what can you do? Uh, Let's start around the central. We only got a couple things. Last week when we did around the central, there was a lot of stuff, but uh, I guess we'll start with the Colorado Avalanche, the defending cup champs. Uh, They're going to be without Gabriel Landeskog for 12 weeks after a knee surgery. So number one, I would say uh, the Avs are probably good enough to overcome this. I still think they'll be good without them, but I also think that that's a big loss for 12 weeks. I don't know if you agree that that just, it's it's just, it's a big loss for 12 weeks. It's a lot, a lot of time.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it's what he missed the last 20 like, some games last year with the knee injury. I couldn't find any further if this, if it was the same knee or not, but uh, I mean, yeah, 12 weeks for a knee as well. I mean, who, who knows if you're going to, if you're going to come back from that, you know, you are definitely not going to come back from the same uh, and you've been off for 12 weeks, not skating, not really doing much. Uh, So if and when he's able to come back, I mean, it's got to be rusty. Um, But like you said, I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they've got enough uh, firepower to overcome that.
0: Yeah. Another type of team that has like a really good top nine, I would say their bottom, their, their fourth line's a bit on the questionable side. Uh, just from a perspective of like Logan O'Connor, he's like a solid player, but then Jason Megna and Anton Blood, I don't even know how to pronounce that guy's name, that's not great. Uh, but then you have Lekin and jumping up with McKinnon and Ranton. I think they'll be fine there, and uh, they're the type of team that can certainly overcome something like this, I don't have any doubt. Uh, but I think it opens up things a little bit early in the season for other teams in the Central, such as the Blues or the Stars. I'm not even going to include Minnesota or Nashville in that conversation because they've looked pretty brutal recently. I guess you could throw Winnipeg in there. Uh, and speaking of Dallas, they just lost to the Leafs in overtime as we're recording this. But uh, they are off to a very, very good start prior to this game uh, tonight 13 and three, or 13 to three, goal differential uh, going into this game tonight that they lost to uh, Toronto. I mean, Pete DeBoer, he's the type of coach that that wins games, and he's done that his entire career. You look at what he did in San Jose, you look at what he did. I I guess it wasn't great in Vegas, but he was there and they had a good roster, and the the front office manages that team insanely. Um, but you know, Dallas tonight losing three to two, they get a point against the Leafs, they're now three oh and one. Their goal differential is down to to nine now, so it's not 10. So, whatever you want to say about that but uh dallas kind of a wild card team coming into the season in terms of who knew nobody really knew what they would be but they're off to a pretty good start and i think that's kind of a, a big deal for them with a new coach
1: yeah i mean yeah yeah that's points in every game so far um the yeah, ottinger looks solid man uh he looks like an early vesna favorite we'll see how everything goes you know granted it's what four games in so still plenty of time for things to happen but you got Marchment looks good coming kind of coming out of nowhere you've got hints sagan looks like he may have refound himself a little bit you know maybe not 10 million dollars worth but uh you know probably still coming you know coming along a lot better than he has the last couple of years and he looks good he's kind of taking over the D over there um but you know as long as as long as Jamie Bin he was at zero points before this game as long as he just stays there i'm okay.
0: Yeah. I don't think he, I don't think he got on the sheet tonight. Uh No, he did not. Too bad. Damn shame. Marchman got another point. Yeah. That was kind of a, the Stars had a weird off season. Like it took them forever to bring back Robertson. They get him on the four year deal. Uh Obviously they have some contracts, AKA the Ben and Sagan deals that are just insane. And neither of those guys has been performing under that contract for years. Um, and then they they get Ottinger back, and this I think the success of this team definitely depends on Andre Like, they have a lot up front, like, goal scoring should not be an issue with this team. If Sagan's healthy, he's gonna score. Robertson's a stud. Pavelski is still like he's 38, playing like he's 28. I mean, There's Joe Pavelski's been unbelievable,
1: underrated, underrated, super underrated. Yeah,
0: no doubt. Um, uh, but yeah, Dallas off to a good start. A lot of teams in Central off to a good start. I mean, you look at uh You know, Winnipeg, two and one. I don't know how much we actually expect out of them. But, uh, I mean, the Blues, uh, despite the fact that the NHL scheduling is just – I don't know what the hell is up with that. Uh, I mean, the fact that they've played two games, it's just – it makes no sense to me. I don't know what they did to deserve that. Um, But this is the second year in a row of them having like four or five days after everybody else opens up that they open up.
1: I saw somebody – not to get off, you know, the rest of the vision. I saw somewhere somebody said like I think like in starting somewhere in like February, somewhere in that range, they play like thirty-one games in sixty-two days. Just yeah, to, it's just, yeah. So that's 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 just outrageous. Um, you know, yeah. just, I feel like it's going to take us so long just to kind of get close to even with the rest of the league, so you can really see like who's you know like where the points actually matter. You know.
0: Yeah, and I feel like. The Blues aren't the type of team that the NHL should be doing this to. I feel like if you're gonna do it to somebody you do it to like Seattle or San Jose or yeah. some team that everybody knows is gonna be terrible, make them have the terrible schedule. But whatever. I guess we gotta weather the storm there. And uh they did that last night in Seattle. Blues win it four to three. Uh, I think the big takeaway from this game from me is the uh the third period was awful and uh the blues got skated around easily in that in that period now i will say seattle this is one of their best games of the year to this point i think they've played what four games they played five games or one two and two they played pretty well in this game um you can see the young talent there is certainly going to be something like benears is so good already uh shane wright will get there i'm sure but uh yeah i mean a win is a win i think in this case uh given the fact that the blues were without who i think is probably their best overall forward and pavel Buchnevich, i think he's as good as it gets for this team. But uh, I guess a win is a win is kind of my thought on, on how this game turned out.
1: Yeah, man, it, it got off to a hot start, you know, especially with the, the back-to-backs and, what, 17 seconds or something like that. Um, but it seemed like uh, after after they called that timeout, the, the Dragon called the timeout, and, you know, his first period, just you know, it's trying to get their legs underneath them. And then after that, just boom, like, the pressure was on from them. They they were fast. Um and yeah, so a lot of young guys trying to go out and prove it. And they looked they looked good. Um, you know, so we and we, we're lucky to kind of come out with that one with with a win. Uh Bennington was on another level, man. Uh outside of that, you know, Tory Krug putting one in there. And then uh what how how many chances did uh, Donato get on that that breakaway? Oh, man, yeah. You know, so those are two. I'll I'll kind of the, the Krug one's fluky. The Donato, Donato one was just, you know, second, third effort. So that's going to happen. I wasn't upset with that at all. But yeah, it seems like we were getting out skated uh, kind of after that, after we went up 3-1 in the first. Um, but yeah, lucky to pull it off in overtime.
0: Yeah, and the Blues have really just going like last season. They played three games against Seattle and just dominated two of the three and then won the other one. Uh, they had like 11 to four or something goals wise, 14 to four, somewhere around there. It was domination. Uh, Seattle, I don't know if their record will reflect this, but I think they're a bit better, a bit scrappier this season because um, Beneers showed flashes. He played 10 games last year and scored mm-hmm. nine points. So that's a guy who's going to be probably a 90, 100 point guy when he's really, you know, a few years from now. Um, Yeah. He looks and legit. Martin Jones wasn't bad. No, but Beneers is. Yeah. There's no doubt to me that he's going to be a star. He feels like a Zegris type. Like he's really going to start to turn heads very quickly. Cause you could just see it. Like it's yeah. right in front of us. It's, it's very noticeable. And I, I wonder when Shane Wright shows that. Cause I feel like if Shane Wright, who scored a point last night, I believe. Yeah. If he wow. is playing you know these 11 12 minutes is it really worth having him here I, I i it's just it's one of those things where he can't play in junior because he's way too good for that yeah. and he can't play in the minors because of the rules so yeah i think they're, it,
1: they're just gonna kind of robert thomas him kind of you know yeah you kind of get him get his legs underneath him but it, i he was getting like it was under seven minutes and i i don't know how much i don't know how many minutes he played last night um but I mean, I don't know, man. I wouldn't be sticking him on the fourth line, you know, not nothing against their fourth line. But if you want him to grow, I guess they're trying to take it slow, get his 18. But yeah, if you send him down to juniors, he's just going to tear it up and come back next year and be in camp again. And then what do you do from there?
0: He's playing. I mean, the thing with Robert Thomas, you bring him up. It's like at least the Blues were a good team and a competitive team at that point. Seattle's not that. And Wright played six thirty six last night, which is just like I don't understand the point. I mean, I really don't. It's it's a really tough situation. It's unfortunate that the NHL, you know, has these rules where the this player like the I guess it's probably on the Canadian hockey leagues as well that they're that they can't go back to the age or they can't go to the HL, They have to go back to juniors, which. Right. It seems kind of dumb to me, but uh, we'll see how it turns out. Um, I mean, other than that, players that stood out to me, I uh, have Bennington and Falk. I think Falk had a great game, obviously scores two goals, has been the Blues' most consistent defenseman probably for two years now. Uh, Mike did write down that the players that stood out to him last night were Falk and Thomas. He said uh, he wrote these stats down, Thomas, uh, 21-04 of ice time, the most among Blues forwards, two assists, plus two. Had the four check that led to the shin uh, goal and the Falk overtime goal. Zero giveaways, four takeaways, nine for 14 face-off, 61%. So, yeah, he had a good game.
1: Yeah, Yeah, definitely. You know, Thomas and, you know, Justin Falk obviously put two in. Um, yeah, I mean, those are definitely the two. I, and with Bennington those are the three, those are the three stars right there um so I mean it's good to see Cairo uh kind of get in get on the board early because uh I wasn't super impressed with the first line in game one I mean not that they didn't do anything not that they didn't do anything horrible it just nothing really stood out for him so uh I'd like to see somebody on that line get going uh hopefully a little bit more on Saturday
0: I have a strong feeling that Brandon Saad will score on Saturday, so we'll see if I'm right. But it's a feeling I get. He's kind of been knocking. There had a good chance that, that yeah. two pad stack by Martin Jones last night that stopped that
1: yeah. uh,
0: from going in for him. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think one thing that didn't stand out to me was uh, Colton Preko was bad last night, uh, really bad. Just so many like he he's the type of player where I don't think he could be touching the puck like ever. Like him with the puck
1: is abysmal. Yeah, I don't want him hold. I don't want him holding the puck. I don't want him deciding where it needs to go. If he wants to take a slapper, like just let him line up, and you know he's gonna knock him down like bullet pins in front of it. So that's fine. But it just, especially maybe it was the second period. I can't remember, or maybe it was towards the end of the first where it was just turnover after turnover. Not only him, we were just trying too many breakout passes that were just they were just picking him off left and right, and you know, I think that's why, you know, I don't love Nick Leddy being around. Not, not, not that it's, not that it's his fault. Not that I don't like him, but uh, he definitely kind of takes that burden away uh, from Pareko holding the puck and trying to get it out of the zone. So yeah, he didn't look awesome.
0: Yeah. It's just so many mind numbing decisions with the puck And, and everybody does it, but it just It always seems like when Pareko does, it leads to a goal or a great scoring chance for the other team. And I think that a lot of people, and it was his 500th game last night, so I'm not trying to dump on him, but you know, it just it was very noticeable.
1: Yeah, still a good player. I think I think we've kind of seen enough though that we that he needs to be more of a you know a stay at home defenseman. Um, Really, just focus on that. But yeah, when he when he gets the puck, he just seems to kind of hold it, and then whenever he does make a decision, you're just like, you know, just kind of crossing your fingers. I
0: don't think he's been comfortable at all as a stay-at-home defenseman since Bo Mm -hmm. I don't think that he's like maybe early with Scandella for like the first few weeks before the bubble. I think he was okay. But, yeah, other than that, it's been pretty hard to watch um, for him in terms of his role. It just doesn't make any sense. But I think this also showed us last night that Justin Falk is far and away the best defenseman on this team. I don't even think it's close. I, I don't understand how somebody can be this good. He scored 16 goals last season. He flies so far under the radar, like people on the outside. And I, this is not a knock on Tory crew, but Tory crew is not better than just Falk. And it seems like the outside perception is the other way around, which I just don't understand.
1: Yeah. I, I don't get it either. I mean, I like crude. Hey, don't get me wrong. I like crude, but just defensively a uh, little bit, a little bit more reliability. Um, but yeah, hands down, offensively defensively and the way that he comes up on the rush and, and, on the power play. Like I just, you know, he he's the number one D. Um, there really is no debate about it in my eyes. But Krug's got the name. He came from Boston. Mm -hmm. You know, he got a pretty big deal coming here. And it was a big deal because we picked petran or picked him over Petrangelo per se. But um yeah, it's it's Falk. He's he's gonna score he's gonna score at least 16 again this year, I think. Um so yeah.
0: His shot looks great. Uh, he had some really nice plays last night. And there were some great, I mean, they didn't score on the power play last night. The Kairu goal came uh shortly thereafter, but there were some great sequences mm-hmm. on the power play with some passing. Like there was one play where it was just like six or seven passes all at once, just tape to tape to tape. It was
1: unbelievable. I couldn't I believe they were it pass it for like two for two straight minutes. It seemed like they yeah. were just gonna sit in the zone and pass it. It was fun to watch. You know, it didn't it didn't turn into anything. I, I guess after the power play was over. Um, but yeah, man, that was that was really fun to watch.
0: A very weak goal for Jones to let in on the Kairu shot. I know that he kind of faked like he was going to the backhand, but that you got to stop that one. Yeah. Um I I will also say that I think um Tarasenko looked really good. Uh yeah, obviously he, yeah. getting the, the three assists. Um, just looks sharp, looks like he's playing. I don't know if he looks like he's playing in a contract year quite yet, but he's playing well. Um, I mean, that's obviously something that's going to be talked about a lot this year. I, I would be stunned if he's brought back, but that's not, uh, that's not something that's against him. I think that's just the the way it's going to go. Um, And then also Mike wrote here about the game. He wrote, I'm trying to make sure I got all my hockey games on the TV here. All right. Uh, Mike wrote a criticism about the game. They didn't play a full 60. Second period was rough. I also think the third period was rough as well, even though they didn't give up a goal. That was a rough period. They were really in their own zone the whole time. Uh, The Seattle squad has some talent, but they allowed the team to come back slowly but surely and couldn't convert on the power play to seal the game. The team's power play needs to start clicking a little more, but we're only two games in. I want to see where it's at weird 10 games and what i'll say about that is the power play it's just like the blues are probably like a top three passing team in the league uh so i think they get very comfortable passing the puck around. but i also don't think that some guys may not get you know close enough to the net to actually make a real play and i think right. a guy that tries to make that happen is like a brayden Shin type and i think butch does that too maybe missed a little bit of that last night i don't really i mean i'm fine with levo getting a shot but i don't really think he's a power play player um yeah but yeah, I, I think that Mike is, is right in those criticisms. But yeah, like you said, we're like two games and there's a long, long season to go.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Uh yeah, they they get a little bit of pa- they get a little bit pass happy. Um, it's fun to watch and it's pretty. And I know everybody's just trying to set somebody else up for a shot when you don't think you have one. But sometimes I just want to see somebody rip it, man. You know? Like we're going you go through the first period and the, yeah, we had, you know, we, we've been doing well, but you see like seven shots, you know, like if, if you watch a Colorado if you, that's I think that was the difference in the playoffs last year you watch Colorado they're they don't they don't care as soon as they cross the blue line somebody's gonna be taking a shot um so I mean it, we we do it works for us uh cycling dumping cycling passing around but you know I, I want to see some shots man because uh I feel like the, there's so many opportunities there to be had and we're just passing them up and then they get you know they go through the crease or not through the crease they go through the you know the center of the ice there and somebody else touches it and deflects it and then it you know the chance is over so I just want to see some more opportunities more more chances taken
0: yeah only 15 shots between the second and third period last night that's just not enough um they had 12 in the first period then one in the overtime the one that counted and mattered uh Mike's three stars of the game were Justin Falk, Robert Thomas, and Vladimir Tarasenko. He said Falk all over the ice, contributing in every situation statistic. Thomas, same reasons as listed above, and Tarasenko, three assists. He honorable mentioned Pareko for 500 career games, which that's an honorable thing to do. He didn't play well, but that's, you know, I understand where he's coming from there. The only change that I made there was I would have Falk one, Bennington two, Tarasenko three, because Bennington's numbers last night may not look great, Like people may look at, wow, he allowed three goals, but his teammate was pretty much on the cracking for one of them. (laughs) And then another one was like you said, second, third effort. And then the other one was just a shot out in front. He didn't have time to react to. And that's just the blues were hemmed in their own zone for like two hours before that first goal. So I think Bennington was really good. So I think that it would be Falk, Bennington, Tarasenko. For me, I'm not sure what your three would be, but I feel like it's the same range of players.
1: Yeah. I think it's, I yeah, I Falk because he had that that sick, you know, that that backhander that he had earlier and then he had the game winner. Um, but Bennington, I mean, at times was staying on his head, man. Uh, he made some just some some sick saves. What was that 30, 32 or thirty-five? I mean, that's mm-hmm. a lot, man. Yeah, you gave up three, but you stopped <laughs> thirty two. I mean, that still is a great night. And just some of the saves that he had to make just to, you know, keep the game where it was 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 ridiculous. And then yeah, I'd put Terrace three. I mean, assists on a night. If you're not one of the top stars, then, then everybody, then somebody else had too great of a night. So uh, yeah, that's, I think we're in agreement there.
0: Speaking of Bennington, I wonder when they'll have Grice start his first game. I'm very curious about that. I'm thinking maybe Monday in Winnipeg,
1: but it's really not Saturday. Yeah. I,
0: I would be stunned if it were Saturday. <laughs> like I think that I remember they, they had Jake Allen playing a lot against the Oilers in 2019 or, or the year after the cup so Allen's last year here I think it was Um, but I remember Allen playing some games against the Oilers and just McDavid just de-dominated him twice I think in one period in that in one of those games but yeah you can't have Grice against the Oilers like there's no way <laughs> it, it would just be throwing him to the fire and I think having him Monday in Winnipeg He's a possibility. I think uh, in the Wednesday they play the Oilers again. So I definitely think it's going to be Monday in Winnipeg if it's going to be at all, right? (laughs) I would think.
1: If if you're having to pick between the next three games, I think that's going to be the one.
0: They could go the route of Bennington Saturday, Bennington Monday, Bennington Wednesday, Grice Thursday because they are in Nashville on Thursday. So he's definitely going to start one of those games. So you would think it'd be the Nashville game. But uh, who knows?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, that might honestly be with all these, you know. We're not playing any back-to-backs until then, so that honestly might be the way that they go. That's probably the way I would go because – Yeah, it's – Saturday and Monday, you should be okay.
0: It's not a 1A, 1B either. It's a it's a one and then a significant gap and then a two. Yeah. And they got Montreal next Saturday, so you would think they'd have uh, Bennington going that one. I think Bennington's going to play as many games as he can, win healthy – I would think they throw him in there for like 60-plus games, I would think. Um,
1: I, that's what I'm hoping, man. I, I hope Grice doesn't and, – and nothing against him. I haven't seen him this year. You know, he looked okay in preseason. It is what it is. But I I don't want to see him any more than 20, you know. And and a lot on back-to-backs, you know. Yep. You know, I'm fine with that. I understand that. But, yeah, Bennington's going to get – he's going to get the workload for sure, man.
0: No doubt. Uh, I guess my final thought from this game is uh, what did you think of Jake Neighbors driving the net, mixing it up?
1: I, I, that's that's exactly what he needs to be for this team. Um, we need that, you know, and he's, you know, you know, sitting on a line with, with his buddy Shin. And it's the same kind of play. So um, that's exactly what we need. Uh, I like it. I like it, especially from a young kid. I like it.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he's mixing it up, and he's not going to be a Beniers type that's going to be scoring tons of points, but uh, he's just going to do his role. And I wrote that piece this morning about the bottom six. I just think this bottom six is one that Berube going to use a lot. I think Achari is a guy that he trusts already. I think Torpchenko is definitely a guy that they love. Uh, and then I think the neighbors, Barbashev and Shen, is not like a normal third line. Like, there's going to be a lot of scoring from that line, I would think. And neighbors has just done his role really well. And I think that it's great. And I, I really am glad that he's uh, on this roster. Um, And then let's see, we got the Buchnevich injury. He didn't play in the game last night. He was a game time decision going into it. Uh, Didn't play. I would assume that he'll be back Saturday, but if not, you'd have to think he'll be back Monday. I believe he is on the trip. I'm actually positive. He's on the trip, but uh, you would think he would play a game before they're back home um, on Wednesday. And then, The final thing here before we finish this episode off, since I forgot to renew my Zoom subscriptions, we have eight minutes left. Um, The Reverse Retro 2.0, the yellow jersey, uh, not going to be able to show it to the people on the podcast, but it is out there and uh, the league unveiled all 32. Uh, Some very interesting choices made by some teams. I know that you're going to have an article about this uh, jersey out tomorrow, I assume, Um, but like just what are your overall thoughts on this jersey?
1: I like it, man. I think it's, it was done really well. I was super nervous about, cause I, for the last, I don't know, a couple of weeks, people have known it's going to be yellow for a while. Uh, so yellow is yellow. The yellow's tough to do, man. It's really tough to do and to do it well. I mean, I, we you've seen what the Preds have done. Not, not to say that their jerseys are bad. I don't love them, but just with, with what they did with theirs, uh, with that, weird you know power ranger saber Tooth tiger with that yellow it just it's just a really weird look um but with the yellow with the the powder blue with the heritage loco um i just think it was really well done i'd like to see i wish i could see what the rest of the kit was going to look like with the helmet and the shorts and everything um but as far as as far as the actual sweater goes i like it a lot
0: yeah i like it too um i think it's really solid um I think that the part of this that's going to be the most interesting for me is what this is going to look like on the ice. I think that's going to be very interesting. I don't know how it's going to look, but it seems like a lot of teams tried to go bold and really failed, I think. Um, but it also seemed like the baby blue is a bit of a trend with Montreal and Florida. That was interesting. I like Florida's a lot. The yellow really yeah. makes it look good. Uh, I will say this, Detroit and Chicago, I, I were they even trying? I mean, what the hell is that?
1: I think they'd just Those kinda, are bad. That's that's you know whenever you copied your friend's test, it was just kind of the same thing, you know.
0: They were like, "We're original six teams. Let's just throw our city's name on there in a bunch of stripes."
1: Yeah. Let's just look old. Let's look old. Terrible. Boring. Yeah.
0: And Toronto yeah. gave no effort.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Maybe they just maybe they just found out like a week ago that they were supposed to do this. Yeah, I I can't believe how many Leafs fans I saw that love that jersey. I mean, if you like just their standard jersey, it's fine. Which I thought Leafs
0: fans complained about everything.
1: (laughs) Not this, though, man. Yeah, it it was super underwhelming. It doesn't look, it's not ugly. It's just, no. What's the point? It's lazy. Yeah, slap
0: slap some white on the
1: shoulders. And it's the same as that other jersey that they have. Yeah, you didn't do really anything. Maybe maybe the the stripes on the sleeves are a little bit farther spread out, too. I mean, who knows? But to ask people to ask people to spend money on that, just, you know, I'd be kind of bummed if I was looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. Um, All right. I think that is good. Uh, Marcus wants to tell the people where they can follow you on Twitter and all that
1: stuff. Uh, Twitter's at, at Marcus Ashball, A-S-H-P-A-U-G-H. Uh, and just like, uh, Ethan and Mike, you can find me on the hockey writers writing about the blues. All right. Uh, hopefully we can do this again soon. Um, that would be
0: great. Uh, thank you for coming on everybody. Uh, we will see you next time for episode number 32 next Monday. We'll talk about the Oilers game. Mike should be back for that and, uh, we'll see you next time. See ya.